Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Everybody turn to Matthew. Everybody turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, we're talking about love today. And uh, we're wrapping up this Christmas series, Hope, Peace, Joy, and Love. We're looking at a very traditional Christmas passage, but I believe there's power in the story that we're going to read. If you're there, can you shout amen? If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen as well. If you're watching online, I believe it's going to come up on your screen. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. He was distraught. He was bewildered. He was befuddled. And all of Jerusalem, and all of Jerusalem with him. He was afraid because somebody was about to come take his position Or so he thought. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them, where's the Messiah? Where was he supposed to be born? They say, in Bethlehem. For this is what the prophet had written. And he quotes the prophet that says, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. It says, then Herod, then he called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find them, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. How many know he didn't want to worship him? He wanted to kill him. Verse 9, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Verse 10, When they saw the star, they were what? Can you say it like you got some joy in you? Come on. They were overjoyed. Come on, overjoyed. Say it one more time. Overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. By another. Somebody say another route. They returned back a different way. When you have an encounter with love, you go back different than how you came. Today I want to talk about love, and as we're talking about this topic, as we're closing out the Christmas series and get ready for Christmas week, I think that um, it really is fitting that we talk about love because Christmas is all about love. It's what love is about. In fact, you can replace the word Christmas with love because That's what God did during this season that we're celebrating and commemorating is that God loved humanity. That's why Jesus came. Can I get an amen? And so today out of the topic, love, I want to talk to you from this title. Write this down if you're taking notes. We love to take notes on our phones. We're on a notebook. We believe that uh, it just helps you remember the message, whatever we talk about. And also they check it in heaven's gates. And if you have a lot of notes, you get a bigger mansion. Uh, But I want to talk to you from this title, Love Found Me. Love found me. 
high five three people around you and tell them it found me. It found me. It found me. It found me, Will. I love you, brother. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness, your grace. Thank you for this incredible season where we think about you and commemorate the incredible things that you have done for humanity. And God, uh, we love you so much. We're so thankful for your love, your kindness toward us. Have your way here uh, in this service, God, in this gathering, that you would be present, that your Holy Spirit would be evident. Speak to us for every single person tuning in, listening, whether it's here in this audience or across the world, on the World Wide Web. We pray that you speak to us, open up our hearts, that we would see you and we would know what real love is. In Jesus' name, come on, all of God's people say Oh, come on, all of God's people say Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. I love Christmas time. Anybody else, this is your favorite time of the year. Anybody else, this is my favorite time of the year. I absolutely love it. The only thing is that I think that Miami doesn't really give you a feeling of Christmas. Uh, Christmas should be white. Have you ever heard, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas? Miami gives you a hot Christmas. There's no white. <laughs> There's a hot Christmas. I'm dreaming of a sweaty Christmas. That's Miami, right? But, but if you want a white Christmas, I think one of the best cities to go to to really feel like you're in Christmas season is New York City. Come on, anybody agree? You ever experienced New York at Christmas time is the absolute best. Years and years ago, I went with a friend of mine. It was actually a few of us. We went up to New York, and we went up during Christmas time, winter season, and you see snow everywhere, and you're in Central Park and see the skating rink. You see Saks Fifth Avenue puts up their big decorations, the Rockefeller Center, and all of that is ab- You feel like you are in the middle of a Christmas movie or in Home Alone, one of those. Like You're just like, oh, this is amazing. I feel like I'm in Christmas. One of the things about New York City that my friend didn't know was that as you're walking down the streets, you will find street vendors. Another word for them is hustlers <laughs> trying to sell you something. Have you ever experienced this before in New York City? Uh, this guy came up to us and he says, hey, you guys, uh, are, are you guys in need for some watches? I have some beautiful watches. And I've been in New York a couple times, so I was like, no, nah, no, thank you. And I kept going uh, just to hear my friend say, wow, those are some beautiful watches. And he got caught up with some watches. And I went over and I said, Hi, I, don't, I don't know if you want to buy these watches. And the guy's trying to sell him these watches. And, and all of a sudden, like, I tried to tell him, like, hey, these are, you know, counterfeit watches. They're, they're imitation. They're replicas. And my friend's like, I don't care. They look amazing. They're incredible. And so he ended up buying a watch. He ended up buying a watch, brings it back to Miami. We used to work together. He was a friend and a co-worker. And I remember all over the office, he would wear this watch. But after a couple weeks, he noticed that a couple things on the watch stopped working. Some of the letters started falling off of the little logo. Like all of a sudden, he just found out that if you look closely, some of the features that the real timepiece had this one was missing. From far away, it looked like an incredible timepiece. It looked like a beautiful watch. But as you approached and inspected it, you would realize some things were missing. I started thinking about that story because I was thinking this week how during this time, we can take a step back. And from a big picture, it looks like society's doing awesome. It looks like the world has it all together. It looks like the most beautiful time of the year. There's Christmas trees and singing and fake snow falling in front of Calvary Church. And it looks incredible. We're all having a grand old time. 
But if we look closely, I think there's some things missing in our world. I think there's some things missing in the soul of humanity. And one of the biggest things that's missing is love. And not just love that we talk about, but real love that comes from heaven that God has shown us. Our world is in need of real love. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking about love. Like, I think very few have experienced love. Those of us who follow Jesus, we know what this is. But, but for the most part, I think this world needs real love. I mean, we look for it. We're in search of it. Every single human heart longs for it because we were created by love, for love, to receive love, and to give love. Every single one of us, we, we want to be loved and we want to give love. It's something in us, it's innate in us that God has placed that human beings desire love. God made us in love. He created us in love. Come on, I've seen some people go to great lengths for love. I've seen some people buy gifts for people they don't even like just so that person can love them. I've seen people put up with abuse and bad behaviors and take losses just for love. Like, I've seen people in toxic relationships just so that they can feel some kind of love. But is that real love? Like, is that real? You know what? We use the word love too loosely. Like, come on, we love everything. I've just used love like a hundred times for a million things. I love Christmas at Calvary. I love 2020. I've used it for everything. Like, come on, we say we love ice cream. Is that the same? <laughs> is that the same type of love that we use for our spouse? Like, I love my dog. And then I love my wife. Is it the same type of love? Some of you are like, yeah, I do. I love my dog just like I love my wife. <laughs> but we use love for everything. I don't know what to talk about. But, but what is real love? Because I think, I think, again, I think if we look closely, we'll find that a lot of it is just imitation, it's counterfeit, it's not real. We're falling for what looks like love, but it's not real love. It's love that doesn't satisfy. It's love that comes to take. It's not love that gives. And we have to be careful because God came to give us real love. And so what I've realized is that counterfeits can be confusing. Because all of a sudden we'll think that this is love. This relationship is, he loved me. He told me he loved me. But he has you wrapped up in a relationship that's toxic for 15 years and won't put a ring on it. Is it real love or is it just a feeling, an emotion? I get butterflies. He's so cute. (laughs) Some of us go after things that give us love or we think it gives us love. We go after jobs. We go after positions. We go after titles because we think if I get these things, I'll have love. I'll have love. But is it real love? Much like joy, I think love can be a feeling, but it's not just a feeling. It can be an emotion, but it's not just an emotion. Real love has to be deeper than that. Right? Like real love, I'll put it this way. Real love is pure in motives, it's active in nature, and it is chosen on purpose. In other words... Real love, it doesn't have false motives. In other words, it doesn't love because it can get something out of you. I love you, girl. You look so good, girl. I love you. Be careful. He may just be trying to get something out of you. Kisses. That's all I'm talking about. Kisses. I mean, that's all I'm talking about. Right? Like, 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 real love is pure in its intentions and its motives. 
there's a whole lot of people that would give to the needy, but are you giving to the needy out of a pure intention and motive, or are you giving to the needy so that you can be looked like this great philanthropist that helps out everywhere, and you're just trying to feed your ego? That's not real love. That's just you trying to be amazing during Christmas. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but is it real love? Real love is pure and is more. Real love is active in nature. In other words, when somebody has real love, it can't sit still. Real love is not passive. It's passionate, and it goes after what it loves. Right? Like when somebody really loves you, they'll go after you. It's not passive. It doesn't sit still. And real love, more than emotion or feeling, it chooses to love on purpose, even when the emotion and the feeling is not there. Right? Like those of us who are married in this room, all the married people say, yeah. yeah. If you didn't say, yeah, then you're in trouble when you get home. Those of us who got married, we, we said yes before God, and we said in sickness or in health. Right? Till, till death do us apart. We said when the breath is stank, when you wake up with eye boogers and all that, right? So even when you don't feel it, you choose to love. Love is more than just an emotion or, or feeling. It's a choice. Now, now, we can think about all those three aspects, and it can only come down to this one true source of love. There is only one that's pure in his motives completely all the time. There is only one that is very active in love, and there's only one that chose us despite of what we look like, where we went, or what we did. His name is God. His name is the God of the universe. He's the one true living God. Come on. He didn't choose you just because he can get something out of you. Come on, we didn't deserve this love. We couldn't earn this love. But he came down from heaven and decided to love us even when we couldn't love him back. We were his enemy. And he was also active love. He didn't stay in heaven, but he stepped down from heaven, came down to earth. He was very active in his pursuit of you and me. And also he chose to love us even when maybe he didn't have to feel like it. Some of us were falling for the counterfeits and not for the real love. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying it's Christmas week and I can't wait for this week. But it feels like I'm not getting the best out of life. It feels like I'm still empty. I got all these gifts and I'm buying all these gifts for my wife, my husband, my children. But I still feel empty inside. Can I tell you, you can't experience full life until you get to know real love. And real love is only found in God. His name is Jesus. Come on, he's the son of the living God. If you're grateful for the son of God, can you give him some praise today? Come on, give him five seconds of praise. If you thank God for Jesus, come on, he is the reason for the season. Christmas. It's more than just a celebration. Christmas is an experience. I experience love this season as I think about his love. For Matthew chapter 2, I love it. It's one of the traditional passages that we read during Christmas. You can either read about the birth of Jesus in Matthew or in Luke. Both Gospels give an account of when Jesus was born. I love Matthew's description and his account because he gives us a story of what happened when Jesus was born. In Matthew chapter 2, we read about two different characters or two different groups of people. And I really think it gives a description of you and I. As you look upon further inspection, Matthew chapter 2, I love that Matthew included these de details because I look at this scripture and I find myself in it. Matthew chapter 2 says that after Jesus was born, some magi or wise men from the east came to worship him. Now, magis, if you didn't know, they were the wise men. Some of us know them as los reyes magos. 
we think there's three of them. The Bible really doesn't say how many there are, but it says that they came from another country. They came from the east. These are men who didn't have a relationship with God. They were astrologers. Magi is another word for astrologers. In other words, they studied stars and constellations to try to find some hope and try to find a path for their life. They were searching. They were looking. They, they, they studied astrology, the science of stars, to see if maybe the stars would align a certain way. And if the stars aligned the right way, it would determine your mood that day. It will determine your month that day. It will determine your love life. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about? Sagittario. <laughs> and so astrologers, they were really known as pagans. In other words, they were people that were far from God. But I love it that in Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says that the star appears to them. Because God, he's not just a person that appears to some people, but he's a God who appears to all people. It doesn't matter how far you are from God. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you've been looking. When God is after you, when love comes to chase you, it'll go all the way after you because this is true love. They're from the east. They were probably from Iran or Iraq, if you really think about it. And they see this star and they were searching. Today, humanity is searching just like the Magi. We search and we look. What can give us hope? Maybe, maybe this horoscope in the back of this magazine or on some Instagram page or on a website will tell me what my month is going to look like because I need hope. I need peace for my soul. And God was getting ready to show them there's a bigger and better star that you could look at. His name is Jesus. Come on, everybody thankful for Jesus. And then the second, the second character is is Herod. Now, if you know anything about Herod, Herod was the mad king. He, like, just look at history, at everything that Herod did. Herod literally lost his mind toward the end of his life. Killed all kinds of people, did all kinds of, like, he just was mad. So the wise men, or the magi, come to Jerusalem, and they talk to Herod, and Herod, he gets afraid, because somebody now is coming for his position. He found love, he found respect, he found power, in his position because he was King Herod. Isn't that much like humanity? Like some of us, we look for positions, we look for titles, and if I attain something in life, then that completes me. But the minute something comes to threaten that position, you get afraid, you get fearful, you get angry, and we act out. What do you mean? What do you mean there's a Messiah? What do you mean there's another king? I'm the only king. I'm the captain now. <laughs> I don't know why I just did that, but... Right, like, like, I'm the king. I'm the real, true king. And here are all these things trying to threaten him, and he feels afraid, and so he lashes out, and he's getting ready to kill Jesus at a young age because he was going after the counterfeit. He thought that the throne in Jerusalem was what made him, not realizing that love was looking for him. And God gave him an opportunity. Real love, real, real love is special. Real love goes way further than you and I could ever imagine. Real love is not found on a throne. It's not found in power. It's not found in position. It's not found by our search in worldly things. Real love comes from heaven. And this Christmas, we get a reminder of this bright star that came down to show us true love that fulfills, that satisfies, that can complete the longing of the soul. His name is Jesus. And so what does this real love do? I love the story in Matthew chapter 2 because the wise men, as they were looking at the constellations, the magi, where we get the word magic from, as they were trying to make some sense 
of the universe, a bright star appears that shows him a better way. In other words, real love will always guide you in a better direction. Real love guides. Somebody say guides. Oh, they were looking for something to give them some sense of hope, direction, faith. I need a constellation. I need some stars to align. Because then maybe I'll find peace for my soul. But real love will show you a better way in life. It will guide you. How many know life can make you feel lost at any given moment? All of a sudden, it's like I was going one direction. I had one idea with my life, but but life came, and now I'm feeling confused. You ever felt confused in life? Confused. I thought this job was going to define my, my, my trajectory in life. I thought this career would do it, but now I just feel lost. Life will make you feel lost in a moment. But here comes the shining star of Bethlehem. To show a better direction. Because love always comes to guide. Today, if you're in here and you're feeling lost, you're feeling confused, you're feeling like, Alex, I don't know what's next for my life. 2020 is coming and I still don't know what God wants for my life. What's my purpose? Where do I go? I got good news for you. He has real love that will guide you, that will protect you, that will show you the path of life. He's going to bless you. He has a hope and a future for your life. Let the star of Jesus shine upon your life. He is going to guide you. He's not going to confuse you. He's not an imitation, a replica, or a counterfeit. He's authentic. He's genuine. Real love won't confuse you. It'll always guide you. Psalm chapter 32. I love it. Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. The psalmist says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, says God. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I don't know about you, but that just gets me excited that there's a God in heaven with his eye on me. And he's going to instruct me. He's going to lead me in the way that I should go. Are you feeling lost? Oh, he has his eye on you. You can't hide from him. You can't run from him. You're not too far gone. You haven't made a mistake that's too grave that God can't forgive. Come on, anybody grateful for the good, faithful love of God that always guides us? He's awesome. He's awesome. He's guiding you. He guides me. Even when we lose our way. I remember when we were really young. I don't know, maybe about 8, 9, 10, 12 years of age. My dad, he was trying to teach us how to drive. My dad's here. He would always call us up into the front seat. and say, hey, you want to learn how to drive? And obviously we all would get excited. You remember those days when you wanted to drive? Nowadays nobody wants to drive. It's like, I'm tired of driving. Somebody else drives. That's why we're doing autonomous cars. Like, just drive it yourself. I'm not trying to drive this thing. My dad would call us to drive, and we'll jump up in the front seat with him. And he'll stay in the driver's seat. He'll put his feet on the pedals, but, but we would grab the steering wheel. We thought we were in charge. Come on, you remember that. Grab that steering wheel. My dad would drive around the neighborhood trying to teach us how to steer a car. Ten years old, trying to steer the car. But when you're young, you, you really don't know the force that you're turning with, how long you should hold it a certain direction and all that. And I remember... At times, we would, like, literally swerve all over the street of the neighborhood. wonder what the neighbors were thinking, but remember we're trying to make, like, a left turn, and, and I'll make a left turn, and I'll just hold it, hold it, hold it, and all of a sudden, it looked like I was going to the grass and in the sidewalk, but one way or another, like, the car just began to align itself and get in the middle of the street again and start to drive. And I'm like, I thought I pulled this thing hard. I had to go back into the middle of the street. 
another turn, I would do the same thing, and I was starting to go in the grass, but all of a sudden the car would come back right in the right direction. And so I remember I looked down this one time, and the entire time my dad had never let go of the steering wheel. He had one hand on the steering wheel, and it doesn't matter how much we turned, he would little, bit, little by little start to turn it right back on the street. He wasn't going to let me get in the grass. He wasn't going to let me hit a fence. Can I tell you, there's a father in heaven. He's not going to let you lose your way. Come on, he'll guide you every single day. He has his eye on you. This is real love. He won't let you get confused. He won't let you lose your way. As long as you come back to him, he'll put you on the right street. Come on, he'll lead you in purpose. He'll lead you in divine appointments. That's the God that we have. That in Christmas, God came to guide us in the right direction. This is real love. He shows us the Come on, he's the good shepherd. Psalm 23 says he, he leads us to green pastures. He makes us lie down next to still waters. Today, are you tired? Are you empty? Are you looking for real love? Let the good shepherd lead you. This is real love. Real love guides. Number two, real love gives. Real love gives. And not like a stingy giver. Come on, anybody know stingy givers? Probably like. They may lend you some money, but two weeks later, they're like, hey, you remember that dollar I lent you? Um, dollar? Are you Sarah Dollar? Let me get four quarter. I'll pay you right back. Like this world is full of people that are greedy, envious, stingy, but God is not that type of giver. In fact, when Jesus is talking in the Gospels, he says, don't give the way the world gives because the world only gives to those people who can give back. Real giving is giving to those who can't even return what you've given. Now, that's that's different type of giving. I'll say this. Real give, giving has to cost you something. Real giving comes with sacrifice. In other words, real giving, you just don't say it, you show it. Because a lot of people say they can love you. I love you, honey boo-boo. I love you, sugar foot. I love you, honey bun, but when's the last time they showed you love? Because it didn't cost them anything. It's just all with words, but love requires action. Real love is not passive. Real love must bring some kind of action with it. There has to be a cost. There has to be a sacrifice for it to be real, true love. What did you give up to love this thing or to love this person? And if I think of anybody that sacrificed anything, it was Jesus himself. He was in eternity with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh, he always was. He always will be. But all of a sudden, he decided to step up out of eternity, come down into time. He gave up heaven for you and I. He gave up comfort. He gave up glory. He gave up honor. He gave up riches. And he came down to a manger. And he came down to a cold, dark world. And he came to submit himself to temptations, to pain, and to suffering, so that we would know the way, so that we would know love. Oh, come on, that's real love because it gives. It gave, it gave everything. Like this is real love that you he would empty himself so that we would be filled. Put everything aside. It says he was rich, became poor, so that we would be rich. Literally gave up at one point, homeless. The Bible says that the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. Since birth, he gave up everything. Christmas is not about how much you have. Christmas is all about how much he gave. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. 
gave his son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have what's what's the greatest gift that you can give a gift you can't pay back can't pay that back he gave it all for you and for me come on some of us are in here and we know we didn't deserve it we know we couldn't earn it. We know that if we were God, we wouldn't do it for ourselves. But is anybody grateful for the God that loved humanity, that he gave it all for you and for me? Come on, somebody, give some praise to God today. Come on, he's a faithful God. False love takes. Fake love will always come and take from you. The Magi's, their attention was on stars, their life had been taken the wrong direction. Herod, the throne was taken from him more than he thought he was getting from it. It would always take, but real love always gives. This love came to give, and it gave everything. And number three, we'll wrap up with this. Real love not only dies, real love not only gives, but real love goes. What I mean by that is that real love will go after you. Real love will pursue you. Real love will pursue the thing it says it loves. Like how can this person say they love you? They never come visit you, never talk to you. That's why, you know, you hear stories all the time of people who are either in the hospital for a few months or go to jail for a few months. When they come out, what do they say? I know now who really loves me. You find out quick who really loves you because love is more than just words. It's action. You choose. I'm going to choose to go visit this person even when they can't come visit me. I pursue this person. I love this person. They're my friend, my brother, my sister, my spouse, family, friends that I really love will love you. You'll go after it. You, you know what I love about Matthew chapter 2? In Matthew chapter 2, here are these astrologists, all right? Astrologists. Here they are studying the stars, and all of a sudden this bright star comes. Many believe, a lot of commentators believe it was actually an angel, but they thought it was a star. Here they see the star, and they start, they start to pursue the star. Like, hey, this is a star. It's a different kind of star. We've never seen this kind of star before. Oh, my God, what is it? Is this Sagittarius, Capricorn, Cancer? What is it? Oh, my God, let's follow it. And they start following this star. This is the one for the Messiah. But little did they know, they weren't pursuing the star. The star had been pursuing them all along. It wasn't them pursuing God. It was God pursuing them the whole time. God had somehow, some way orchestrated it so that one night when they would look in a telescope, though there were no telescopes in Matthew chapter 2, but when they would look up in the sky, they would find this big star. And they thought they were following a star, but the whole time it was God telling them, I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. Your purpose is not to look at the stars. I got a purpose for you to know Jesus, to know true love. Real love pursues you. It will chase you. It comes and it seeks you out. And this Christmas, as we look at nativity scenes, as we look at trees and lights, let it remind you that God is in pursuit after your soul. He came to look for me and for you. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to what? It came to seek and save the lost. Real love, it will seek you out. It pursues. It's active and it chooses to go after Whatever it is. When I met Diana, I went after her with everything. I still go after her. Chase her all over the house. <laughs> right? Like, come on. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Like, you, 
you pursue that which you love. You can't love and sit still. Love without action is just pity. And I'm grateful that God didn't have pity on humanity, but he loved humanity. But, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. That, that some of us, what happens is that we fall into sin and we mess up and we do things that we know are wrong. We feel it in our soul, in our minds, in our spirit. And so what sin comes to do is that it causes us to feel guilt and it causes us to hide. You know what a lot of people are doing this, this Christmas? Hiding behind a mask. Come on, we've all done it. We've all been there. Big smile on the outside, but crying on the inside. Looks like we're happy on the outside, but broken on the inside. Got it all together on the outside. Got the car, the trees, the gifts, the kids, all that. It looks great, but, but on the inside, empty, broken, isolated, lonely, but we hide. Because shame and guilt will cause all of, since the beginning of time, it's caused us to hide. Go back to Genesis. This is a story of you and I. Go back to Genesis. The Bible says that when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they hid. They hid. It says they went and they hid behind some bushes. They, they sinned. They felt ashamed. They felt fear. And so they hid. This is the picture of humanity, even during Christmas time. Hiding behind ugly sweaters, hot chocolate, and Christmas carols. Right. Because God forbid anybody see the real me. But a relationship with God includes intimacy, meaning into me you see. He needs to see the real me in order to heal me, but God can't heal what we won't reveal. And so he comes, and what does God do in Genesis? He comes pursuing humanity. Since the beginning of time, he's been a God in pursuit. The Bible says Adam and Eve are hiding. They're hiding behind a bush. They're hiding behind a Christmas tree. And God comes into the Garden of Eden and says, Adam, Eve, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Can I tell you, he's still doing that today. He's saying, Richard, where are you? Elizabeth, where are you? I came to seek. I came to look. I came to save. Jesus in the manger, you know what it is? God looking for humanity. Jesus in a barn, in a stable, you know what it is? God saying, where are you? Where are you? Hey, Magi. Hey, Herod. Hey, Alex. Hey, Mike. Hey, where are you? I got a better life for you. It's more than all these imitations and counterfeits can ever give you. That's not real love. That's temporary. It won't satisfy the soul. But I got real love. Can I tell you love? It comes to find you. You think you're looking for God. But all along, he was looking for you. Come on, anybody grateful for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that came to pursue? He found me. He found me. He found me when I didn't want to find him. Oh, he found some of us when we were running from him. We wanted nothing to do with him. Our life was a wreck. Our life was a mess. Some of us were trying to find purpose in the bottom of a bottle, in a relationship, in a motel room. But love came and found us. It's real love. Real love. And it didn't look at our condition. 
and it didn't look if we can pay it back. It didn't look at our bank account. It didn't look how pretty or how ugly we were. Love came and found us. Today, he's calling some of us again. Christmas, what is it all about? Love finding us. Love seeking us. Love pursuing us. And it's real love. Come on, anybody grateful for the real love of Jesus? Come on, why don't we stand up to our feet all across this place?